forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello. I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and former amateur guitar player. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink. And would would you be mad at me if I got bangs? Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> okay, this is <clears throat> this is the question. Uh-huh. Bangs have been your thing. Oh, I don't care. I just don't advise anyone to get bangs because they're so fucking annoying. But why do you have them? I like how I look better with them. But yeah. if like you look equally good with or without them, then I would advise no one to ever have them. <laughs> but I've okay, I've never had bangs. And it's like the pandemic. And I took a poll on Instagram and it was ba- overwhelmingly positive towards the potential of having bangs. And I was like, kind of framed it as like, should I get them? And then the next poll was like, literally, it's a panorama, like who cares? And a lot of people were like, it's a it's a Panda Express, who cares? And so I was like, okay, but I don't think it looks, I think it might look okay. The thing to think about is, is that you have curly hair. Yeah. And so you might have to like shape them every day. Yeah. I would get them like, I would get like shaggy, like thick shaggy bangs. Sure. But if I had bangs and you had bangs, is that like, now this is a bangs podcast? And like, what are we doing? Well, I've asked myself, what are we doing far before that question? <laughs> well, I'll never see you as a true bangster. Thanks. Your whole thing is that you change your hair all the time. So I don't feel like the bangs will become a part of your identity and something you keep forever. You'll probably just like have them for a few months and then grow them out and maybe get them again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think do do you do whatever feels right in your soul. OK, because I, I want like a shaggy 70s cut. OK, so are you going to go get you're going to go get your hair cut or are you going to cut your own bangs, which I would not recommend? Oh, no, I'm going to okay. go outside. I'm going to have someone outside. do my oh, hair. OK, <laughs> I uh, I think like, have you ever seen you haven't, but have you ever seen Jane Fonda and Clute? No. Well, I just think that sort of 70s style haircut is maybe coming back. I've seen okay. it and let you know what you guys when is this coming out i might already have the bangs but write in and let me know if i should get bangs and if i do will this sort of will it ruin the balance of this podcast which is that allison and i are different and like would i be shifting some important time space continuum stuff in which our show would then become like a black hole I can't answer that, but I can answer what the show is today. And this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games and brutal honesty. Uh, I think that for a podcast, it doesn't really matter what we look like. Wow, that's true. (laughs) But we post videos on the on YouTube.com slash just between us show. So maybe maybe it does matter. I I really don't see you getting bangs and then people being like, wow, I can't tell the two of them apart based on their (laughs) ideas, their their vocals, what they believe in. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Okay, I'll think about it. I mean, it might already it might like by the time you hear that it will be kind of like if you're listening to this, I'm already dead sort of thing. Uh huh. They might have already they're really annoying to have. I will tell you. Okay.
Yeah, I like I've gotten worse at cutting my bangs. I used to be so good at it. And then like since I've been home, I just like haven't done a good job. And my mom has to keep fixing them for me. Your mom's doing them. (laughs) Uh, I do them and then I do a bad job and then she fixes them for me. Okay, so a lot of people are cutting their own bangs in quarantine Mm -hmm. and they're doing the thing with the holding it in front of your face and then twisting it and then cutting the twist. Is that right? That's a technique. I don't do that. What are you cutting them when they're wet or dry? Uh, I mostly cut them dry. Okay. And what what mistakes are you making? That they're not even. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I meant more like like that could be useful to the people at home who are cutting their own bangs. I can't provide any useful tips other than the fact that until like two years ago, I was cutting my bangs with blunt office scissors. Oh my and God. the investment in getting hair scissors was huge. <laughs> That's what Mal has. Mal has hair scissors. Yeah, definitely Mal's worth it. Hair has never been longer. It's so long. Oh wow! So they were Are like they liking it. Yeah, they said when they go in and get a haircut, they said should they bring a picture of Keanu Reeves? <laughs> and I was like, yes, you should. My mom also has had to be shaving my undercut during this time. Not where I thought this was going. <laughs> completely thought you were going to say underarms and I had a lot of questions. <laughs> no, I'm able to shave my own underarms for now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like we yesterday, we were just like outside freezing cold with her just like shaving my head. The, um, you're still keeping the, the underside. Yeah. No, I have no plans to ever get rid of it. <laughs> well, so that's a that's a good mom. Does she feel scared? Sometimes people get really nervous when they have like, it's almost like impulse control where they have the razor in their hand and they're like I could do I could just they could be bald because of me in five seconds well luckily she did not share those thoughts with me I don't know if she had them I think it's like bad impulse thoughts like when you're holding a baby and you're like what if I drop this baby so it's like I have someone's head and I have the razor and whoop one move one wrong move and they're bald oh well it would take a lot more than one wrong move but she could get started that's the that's going to be the hardest thing going back and no longer having a partner is like who's going to shave my undercut. Oh, right. Well, you could get Rachel to do it. Yeah, that's what I think. I was like, Rachel or Sean will just have to shave my head in a park. <laughs> <laughs> that's the world we live in now is you just meet up with your friend in a park and you go, will you shave the back of my head in this park? And everyone in the park goes, this is fine and normal. This is fine. This is safe. This is safer than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. I, I Or even like, you know, I think a lot of getting haircuts outside is so mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Although not from, not from when I was a child, when my mom used to cut our hair in the backyard. Hey, so it's coming it's a, full circle. Yeah, it's a return to form. Sitting outside <laughs> in a bathing suit. Well, your mom cuts your hair for you. Is it good? Is it even? Who cares? We don't know. You're you're five years old, six years old. Doesn't matter. I got my first haircut at five months old. What? Because my hair, my hair was in my eyes already at five months old. Oh, the, the babies in your family have very dark, thick hair. I know. And it's a real point of pride for me. That is wild. If I have a bald baby, I don't want it. It comes out bald. You go, this isn't even mine. This isn't my baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, we've got a great rest of this episode for you guys today. (laughs) 
later on in topics, we're going to be talking all about judgment. When do we feel judged and what do we judge other people about and how can we stop? And then when we return from break, we answer a listener's question following everyone's favorite theme song. So stick around. Hi, everyone. Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it. so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. Turtles All the Way Down is the acclaimed number one bestseller by John Green, author of The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Turtles All the Way Down is now streaming on Max. NPR named the novel a, quote, sometimes heartbreaking, always illuminating glimpse into how it feels to live with mental illness. Aza Holmes never intended to pursue the disappearance of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend Daisy is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Pickett's son, Davis. Aza is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living with the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. Turtles All the Way Down is a brilliant novel about love, resilience, and the power of lifelong friendship. As someone with OCD, it is so wonderful to see OCD represented in an incredible book. I think it is so important that we talk about mental illness, both in our own lives and through narrative. Buy your copy of Turtles All the Way Down in stores today and catch the movie streaming on Max. Welcome back to Just Between Us. You know what time it is. Hit it! International question! International question! International question! Hannah, Massachusetts. Nice. Thank you. I really nailed the landing on that one. Yeah, not international, but every question's international. To us, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the heading. But mm-hmm. I would say, like, I, I feel like I said Massachusetts in the right cadence. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was a very cohesive song. 
Thank you. Okay. (laughs) So Hannah's TLDR is, how do I tell my boyfriend I'm uncomfortable around his kid? Oh, hi, Allison and Gabby. Love you guys. You brighten up every Wednesday. So I've been with my boyfriend for about two and a half years. We just bought a house together. So clearly we are very serious and see ourselves spending the rest of our lives with each other. My boyfriend has a nine-year-old son. He has an arrangement with his son's mother where he can see him whenever he wants, but they recently moved four hours away from us. I'm not the best with kids, but I don't hate kids. I'm just not around them very much to even know how to relate or interact. Mm. His son is a nice and smart kid. He has never been mean to me or made me feel badly about anything, but I dread when he stays with us. He'll be staying with us for a few days for the very first time since he moved and since we bought this house. When he stayed with us before, I find myself wanting to have a plan for every moment of every day to make sure he isn't bored and is having a good time with his dad. I feel self-conscious of everything I say and do. I find myself judging how my boyfriend parents him, little things, and I feel awkward when it's just me and his kid in a room together without my boyfriend. I don't want his kid to think I dislike him or don't want him here at our house. Looking for advice on how I can emotionally deal with this, especially looking ahead to teenage years. Yikes. And how do I bring up things to my boyfriend that concern me about his son without seeming like I'm being ridiculous or overstepping? P.S. My boyfriend's mother died from cancer when he was 10, and he had a stepmother who treated him horribly throughout middle school and high school. For his son, even though his mother is his primary parent, I never want to be that person, ever. And I have a hard time envisioning myself as a parent to him. Is that even okay? I'm sure we will get married, so technically I will be his stepmom eventually. Again, yikes. Please help me come to terms with this reality and find ways to accept it for what it is. Fun activities during COVID are tricky to think of. So any advice there would be very appreciated. Okay. One, you are not responsible for every second of this kid's day when he comes to visit you. That is his dad. His dad's job. If you if he wants to have a good time at the house, if the dad wants to make sure the kid likes being at the house, I don't understand why it's your job to fill every moment of every day. That is on the dad and him having a good time or not at the house has nothing to do with you or making or planning every second of the day. Sometimes kids just want to sit and look at an iPad like it doesn't you don't have to like go overboard to be like and now he's visiting and it's special because what it should be is it should be as if this is his parents house and he just comes there and and can hang out and it's the same. It doesn't need to be like now he's with us and he's on vacation Mm -hmm. Two. With a nine-year-old, you can just ask them questions, you know? (laughs) They, like, I think, like, being like, you know, what's your favorite subject in school? Or, like, whatever. You don't have to provide a lot of information about your life. You can just ask him about himself. I kind of want to, like, look at this a bit broadly in terms of, like, this feeling of, like, I'm a bad person because of my feelings. Mm. And I, I totally relate to this so much in that, like, I don't really care about other people's kids. I don't like kids. <laughs> I don't like I, I never want to so hang funny. I don't want to hang out with kids like uh, other than my nieces. But even with my nieces, it is like very exhausting to be around them. But if you looked at me interacting with my nieces. You would think I fucking love kids. Wow. <laughs> like, I inter- I play with them. I'm high energy. I, you know, and like while it's happening, I'm like, God, this is fucking exhausting. Uh, I don't know if I want a kid. Oh, my God, this is a lot. But my actions are like fun and here I am like we're spending time together. And so I've something I've really had to learn is like your thoughts do not define you hmm. and your thoughts do not make you a good or bad person. So even hmm. And you probably think, oh, I'm a bad person because I dread this kid coming to stay at my house. And what kind of 
future stepmom dreads their kid coming to the house and, you know, and then you get wrapped up in like, oh, I'm a bad person because of these thoughts. But I want to take a step back from that and instead say, what are your actions? Like Mm -hmm. you said, you've never had bad interactions with him. He's never been mean to you. So clearly he doesn't dislike you. You seem to try when you're around him. And so I would take the pressure off of yourself of feeling bad for not looking forward to seeing this kid. Yeah. And instead think, you know what? It makes sense that maybe I'm disconnected from this kid. I haven't known him since he was a baby. Our interactions have always been with, you know, another person in the room primarily. Also, it is a really weird role to come in and and be like a parent figure in a kid's life, especially when they already have two parent figures Mm -hmm. actively involved in their lives. And so I think if you take away like that, there's any sort of moral failing on your part for not being jazzed about this kid. Mm -hmm. Then you can kind of be like, okay, well, it's sort of like when you like your in-laws come to stay or, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you just know that like, it's going to be a disruption to your life, but you're going to be the best host possible. Mm -hmm. You're going to be there for the kid. You're going to engage with the kid. You're going to, all of your actions will be good and helpful and, and not at all like the way that you're your partner's stepmom treated him. Mm-hmm. But then like release yourself from the guilt of why do I feel this way? Do you think that she should be able to tell the dad like, hey, I don't I don't know that I agree with this wholeheartedly when the with, dad like, is parent, doing like parenting, parenting things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you should be able to talk to your partner. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like I think that obviously, you know, your partner and you maybe know the best way to broach topics with them. But I think another thing you can say is like, what what does this dynamic look like for us? You know, like, what I, do, you, do you want me to be involved if I have thoughts on how he's being parented? Yeah. Do you want me to say something or do you want me to just leave it up to you and the mom? Right. Like, I think coming from it, like, how involved do you want me to be? Mm-hmm. Chances are he'll be like, I want you to be involved. You know, mm-hmm. this is my kid. You're my partner. Like, you know, you're going to be his stepmom. And so I think asking that before you give the advice might be really helpful. Mm hmm. And, and and let that be the whole conversation. Yeah. Let the conversation just be like, what dynamic do we think is, is the best? And, and how should I approach things if I maybe in the future yeah. disagree with something? And then in that conversation, I wouldn't really bring up Don't anything bring up specific. what you disagree with. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Wait. And then set up those boundaries, set up the way that you want to go about it. And then when that does come up, then you can be like, as we talked about, I think it makes sense for me to say, like, I actually think we're maybe giving him a little bit too much screen time. Like, what do you think about, you know, and so you've set up that you're allowed to talk about that, but Mm -hmm. you should absolutely have that conversation with your partner. Yeah. And, you know, he might get defensive because it's his kid, but I think you can set it up as like a take it or leave it. Like I, you know, this is my opinion. And it's hard because you're navigating with the mom, too. And I, I wonder what your relationship is with the son's mom. Mm-hmm. It's hard. So my mom married my dad and my dad already had a 12-year-old kid. And it was rocky at first. And I think like dating someone who has a kid, it's hard to find your place. And mm-hmm. it's hard to know what you're allowed to say and what your relationship should be to the kid. Because like, it's different. Like if a parent, you know, needs to punish them or is like, you know, you, you have to go to your room or whatever. But with a step parent, it's like a lot of... There's a lot of like baggage attached to that or like resentment attached to that. Like you just came in here and like Mm -hmm. you're taking up, you know, like it might be worth it even to like be honest with the kid. I mean, he's nine. 
No. Like it, I don't agree with that. Not honest in that way. Not honest in that way. I mean, like, be like, I think maybe, would it be crazy to like, be like, hey, I know I'm not your mom, mm-hmm. but I, I really love your dad. I want to be in your life. I want us to have a relationship. Like, is is there something that you really want to do that like we could do together? And non-COVID times, I'm thinking like, do you want to go roller skating? Do you want to go to the batting cages? Like something where it's like, do you want to like get ice cream once a week? Like some, you know, when you're here, do you want us, let's have like a thing that we do. I want to be in your life. And like, I think we should get to know Mm -hmm. each other. I think that the issue with that might be, the kid might be like, but I already, we already know each other. You know what I mean? So I don't want it to come across of like, but like, yeah, but like, what if he already feels attached to her? You don't want him to suddenly feel like she wasn't attached to him this whole time. Oh, I guess I mean approaching it as like, I want us to like have a special thing. I want us yeah, to like... Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think like everything, it's just about experience and practice. So the more time that you spend, just the two of you, the more comfortable you're going to mm-hmm. be doing it. So having like, okay, let's have, we have a special activity that we do together, I think is like a really great thing. And honestly, roller skating is a COVID friendly activity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you get some roller skates. Yeah, or... um. COVID activities, I mean, board games, board games, like science experiments. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Right. Like uh, like you could. Oh, I don't know if he's into Legos, but if he's into Legos, the two of you could take on like a big Lego. Oh, my God. uh, Building one of those big Lego things. Yeah. Yeah, And that's like the thing that the two of you do. And the dad's not even allowed to help or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's one of those things where if you take away the guilt of feeling like, why don't I feel the way towards this kid that I think I I quote unquote should. Mm hmm. You might find that like you might end up getting closer to the kid because you don't Mm -hmm. always have that voice in the back of your head going like, why don't I feel like this is the best time of my life? Why do Mm -hmm. I why do I feel weird around this kid? I feel so weird around this kid. That's not you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. shut that voice down and just be like, yeah, I feel weird around the kid and then see what happens, you Mm -hmm. know, because don't feel shame about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe in time you'll get more comfortable. And I think having that conversation with your boyfriend being like, what? And it might be something worth going to couples therapy for, you know, like yeah. that, that's a really great, like specific thing to work out in couples therapy. Like how I think say to the boyfriend, though, like, it's not that I don't like the kid. I think say like, I want to know how to be the best stepmom to him I could possibly be. Totally figuring out how to navigate this this relationship in a way that works for everybody. And maybe having a third party there, like a couples counselor, just for maybe like even just six sessions mm-hmm. to just like figure out it. You could even be like three sessions, mm-hmm. two sessions, you know, like what what is the way to talk about the kid moving forward mm-hmm. might be really helpful. In my family, there were like resentments, you Mm -hmm. know, where my mom was like, didn't really ascribe to the hippie values of the parents or whatever. And and I think it just caused a lot of like conflict and and Mm -hmm. don't fight over the dad's attention with the kid either. I know it's tough, like when there's another person there, but I, I think that is a thing that really was bad for my mom and and my uh brother. Yeah. I love kids. (laughs) I love spending time with them. I do not find them exhausting at all. They're hilarious. Go teach kids. I don't want to teach them. I just want to be cool. (laughs) Well, hopefully that helped a bit, Hannah. Um, You know, I think that this kind of thing takes time and and don't add the judgment on Mm -hmm. yourself about it. Um, And quick, think of a COVID activity we can advise. Uh, Get a gerbil. 
Done. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around. After the break, we'll be talking all about judgment. We don't like it. <laughs> Just between us, it's time for topics. X X X X X X X baby, baby. Woo! Let's get into it. Let's mm-hmm. get into judgment, mm-hmm. self judgment, judgment of others. How do we get rid of judgment? When is judgment appropriate? <sighs> All that and more coming up right now, just from Gabby as I sit back and listen. Okay. <laughs> I there's sometimes where you should judge people like I <laughs> am furious at how many people I see on my Instagram who are not taking COVID seriously who are partying mm. who are out I feel like a pettiness ta- like I'm keeping a tally of every person I see at a restaurant every person who like posts where like they're with a bunch of friends and they're not wearing masks I'm keeping that shit in my mind <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to let that go. I am judging. I mean, I on close friends have just been like railing, going off on like, look at this person. Look at this person. Look what they're doing. And are you going to stop being friends with those people? Yeah, I'm not talking to any of those people. I'm like furious. And even like and even like professional people who I'm like seeing, you know, on Instagram, I'm like never working with you again. Like (laughs) I am so judgy. How the are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I'm not even doing it, not even doing it, but then having the audacity to then post about it. Yeah, that's wild to me. You can go do whatever you want. Be sh- be ashamed. <laughs> Don't post about it. Are you kidding me? It, we live in different realities, my friend. Like, and then to post like something that is so clearly unsafe and then to be like, we were all safe, smiley face. Absolutely go fuck yourself. Are you kidding me? So yeah, that is ju- that is a situation where I feel that judgment is required. Also, I found myself judging someone's, and I had to just reframe this and be like, don't do this. But I was judging someone's response to grief. Someone, oh, really? Yeah, there was someone who, who someone they knew passed away. And I, I, I had to like, talk to a friend about like, I, I, it's none of my business, but I was, I felt that it was the way that they were grieving was strange. In what way? Like all these other people were posting these tributes and this person who I felt should, should care that this person died, like was just going on posting as if nothing happened. Oh, interesting. And I was like either. And then in my head, I was so judgy. I was like, oh, she has no feelings. Like she's cold. And then, and then I was like, well, I don't know, maybe like these other people are just a little bit more like social media helps them with grief. And maybe this person, it doesn't. But she was like still promoting her podcast and stuff. And I was like, so I was just very confused. And then I was like talking to a friend. I was talking to former guest Nora McInerney. And I was like, I know that you know a lot about grief. Like, am I being insane? And she was like, well, it's hard to like judge people, you know, and their reactions to grief or whatever. What I'm saying is I'm not a perfect person. Um, I do a lot of judging that I still like am working on. I think social media has like really opened the door for judging people. I know. Because 
like how they post, what kind of things, you know, because mm-hmm. I think it oftentimes like reveals sides of people that you wouldn't necessarily see if you just interacted with them in person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't you think so? We wouldn't know who was breaking quarantine. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know who's like writing the like I definitely judge. And this is like probably so hypocritical. But I judge people who are very overly affectionate on social media sometimes. With their partners? Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, why don't you just tell them that? And it's like, well, maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know. But like, and I guess it's nice. I guess it's nice. Um, I don't know. But- There's certain people that I judge that that they post things that are like, to seem like random and whimsical and like quirky. And then it's just like, no, you posted this. Like you, you chose to put this up. You're not random and whimsical and quirky. You're a huge, you, you did this as a, as a show. I will say that something I've had to reframe is, especially on TikTok, I think that there's a generation of people growing up where when they're experiencing something, they are yeah. filming it. Yeah. And so they're filming it in the moment when it is happening. Uh-huh. versus like, obviously we are both incredibly open online, mm-hmm. but it's always, I think for the most part with an element of hindsight. So I wasn't live streaming my <laughs> abandonment, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but I can see that there would like, I was like crying mm-hmm. on hysterically crying on the floor, like calling my parents, like as he was like packing up his bags and I was like fucking losing my mind. But I, in that moment, I wanted to to call my my parents and talk to them. And because for me, that's like I, I, I remember like sitting there as he was breaking my heart wide open and thinking I need to talk to somebody who actually cares about me. Yeah. Like I, I almost like I wanted him to leave quicker so that I could talk to someone who I, I knew actually loved me mm-hmm. upon learning that this person did not. Mm hmm. And so for me, I called my parents, but I think for other people, especially the younger generation, they go to the social media for that. Yeah. So in that moment, they will film that this is happening actively. Mm-hmm. And then I guess get the support of the comments and the likes. And that maybe fills the role that like my parents fill for me. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like very I, I, I get worried about that because I'm like, I, I think sometimes you want to have processed things a bit before yeah. you share. But maybe I'm totally wrong. And maybe that's what helps them. And, and that's this new this new coping mechanism, a new support system. And, mm-hmm. and the world is changing. And, and maybe it's it's not unhealthy. It's just unusual for me to see. Yeah, I worry a little bit, too, because I think that something like that might cause a breakdown in communication. Like, I think it's I think it would have done a disservice to your relationship. And I also think like sometimes people do that with filming strangers like with going Mm. I don't like when I get really cringy and I don't like when someone is has taken a picture of or filmed someone on the subway or filmed someone like at the gym or something like even if it's like look what look at this racist thing the person's doing I understand why that's good but I'm also like I don't know it it, the urge the urge to film rather than I don't know experience experience yeah we're not even experience but just like that everyone is is filming each other that that's Mm -hmm. like the thing and um although I do understand that that is actually super helpful sometimes in certain situations in like you know homophobic things or racist things and whatever but just the I'm talking about when you like get in a fender bender and you start filming the other person or when you or when you're like at a restaurant and someone's like eating weird and you film them or like just just certain things that like wouldn't have been filmed 
It's well, like, yeah, for me, for me, the issue is like, are you not being present in your life because you have this camera oh, I, on? To me, it's it's are you dehumanizing? Are people just characters and content? I guess and I'm talking you... more about like filming yourself going through something while yes, it's actively yeah. happening. I'm like, are you are you able to be fully present in that? Because whenever there's a camera on, there's an element of, of being performative mm-hmm. and there's an element of thinking like I, I'm recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like just fully experiencing the experience. But the thing might be is that for other people, they might not have that element of performativeness and they might just be so comfortable having the camera on that they are able to fully experience it. I, I just don't know. So there are people that we should judge. Yeah. And then I think like, we should like judge- that's how I feel like with horrible people who die and this like idea that we shouldn't like speak ill of the dead. It's like, no, fuck them. They were horrible. <laughs> yeah. You made your bed. Now you lie in it. <laughs> exactly. I I think um there are people. Yes. I think also you should judge people that are hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's not hurting other people, it's like, you know, if someone's polyamorous, it's like, OK, you're polyamorous. Like, enjoy your life. But if someone's like, I'm a serial cheater and I make everyone I date really upset and I'm a terrible person or I am a lawmaker who makes uh, laws that are transphobic and then I die. It's sort of like, good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rush Limbaugh died. Good. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's I think you nailed it. Right. Like uh, and I kind of got in this like argument on a podcast with the two other people on it because they were saying how much they judge people for like not dressing up anymore and like judge people for like wearing sweatpants instead of like cute outfits and I was like but who's that hurting like how is that affecting your life in any way and so I think that that is exactly it it's nailing it down to like if 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 it's not affecting anybody negatively then the judgment is bullshit also a lot of judgment is actually ableism because, you know, there'll be a thing of like, people don't dress up anymore. They don't wear heels. Well, this person Mm. has EDS. That's why they don't wear heels. Or we're so lazy as a society that we need like orange peelers and we need like, we need like uh, little contraptions that we don't have to bend down to put our socks on. And I'll see like, you know, tweets and stuff or whatever being like, we as a society, this is blah, blah, blah. And then like inevitably a disabled person will come on and be like, I actually use that every day. Right. And like, so a lot of times when you go, well, I wouldn't do that. It's like, you're right. You wouldn't because you are not disabled because you are not right. the, you don't this type of person. To. You it don't doesn't... have PTSD. You're right. not. You know what I mean? Just because you don't need to doesn't mean you know shit about another person's life. Yeah, I think maybe when you're feeling judgmental, take a step back and be like, where is this judgment coming from? Mm-hmm. Is it coming from this idea that I think everybody should be abled? Is exactly. It coming, you know, um, and that might really help. I really want to hear Melissa's thoughts on this. (laughs) It happens with fat phobia, too, being like, well, I wouldn't get that weight. And it's like, okay, good for you. You wouldn't. What what does it bother you? Exactly. Melissa, Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think I'm going to say? I I don't know. You're always just so insightful about it. And, And I feel like you maybe are a judgmental person, but I, I think you have good reason. So I want to mm-hmm. hear that. I used to be super, super judgy. Um, and I had a friend that was also the same way. And I would hear what they were saying. And I was like, ooh, do I sound like that all the time? Oh, that's and so interesting. I think that there's a difference between like being judgmental and stating facts. So like with the Rush Limbaugh stuff, I don't think that's judging him. I think that's just stating facts about him being a horrible person. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, and I think sometimes with judgment, 
it can be like complaining too. And I don't, I think I, I try to separate like, is this actual judgment or is this a fact or am I actually complaining about something or do I have actually like a strong opinion about it? Yeah. How do you feel with, with, do you feel like you judge people's social medias? Uh, no, I will say though with COVID, I, I will say that I am very judgmental about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> yes, yes. So I have very strong opinions about that. But then also it's like, these are facts that people are just like truths that people don't want to accept. Mm-hmm. And they feel they're so selfish that they're going out of their way to just like be selfish and not care about other people. Yeah. What do you think is going through their heads? I honestly don't know. And I don't. And I at this point, like I'm like, I don't even want or have the time to like get into their heads. Um, But I have done the thing where I am like just blocking those people. Like I unfriend them, like blocking them because I don't want to see what's in their feet. I was muting at first, but then I was like, then they can still see my some of my stuff. So I was like, I don't even want them in my life. So I'm just removing them. I love that move. Yeah, I, 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 tend to, I tend to mute, but maybe it's time to block. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, the mute feature is my favorite feature. Or you could of all also time. like restrict them too, which is another good one because then Ooh. they can like see your stuff but can't interact with you. And I think that's a really good way, Melissa, because I think I think you control what you see on your feed, mm-hmm. which is what happened to me. I was like, I'm so mad at all these people. Yeah. And then Drew was like, I'm not seeing any of that because I don't follow those people. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. I was like, but yeah. everybody's out doing stuff. And Drew mm-hmm. was like, what are wh- what are you looking at? And I was like, you're right. I've curated the wrong Agreed. people. I see that now. Agree. <laughs> yeah, it's a very revealing time right mm-hmm. now of, of people where you're seeing how they interact in a high stakes situation. All right. They're, they're just selfish. And those aren't the people that I want in my life. Agreed. I rate this episode... 11 out of 10, cut everyone out of your life who's not <laughs> taking COVID seriously. <laughs> I'll rate it uh, 23 out of 21, judgy side eyes. Ooh, <laughs> love it. Sugar gives the judgiest side eye you've ever seen. <laughs> that dog is judgmental. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. <laughs> I will rate it 15 out of 14 Lego sets to do with your future stepson. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that is sweet. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and that you check back in on Friday because as you now know, JBU is twice a week. We are on Wednesdays and Fridays, guys. It's very exciting. So please uh, rate and review the show. We're giving you two episodes. So just hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars. It really helps. Please, 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 please. I know it may be you are annoyed by this ask, but I please. And then come back on Friday. We'll be joined by Demona Hoffman asking some tough questions all about online dating. Ooh, relevant, relevant. (laughs) Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash just between us show. 
And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. And also at JBU Podcast on Instagram, at Gabby Road on Instagram, at Allison Raskin on Instagram, at Emotional Support Lady on Instagram. Uh, and uh, sign up for Allison's Patreon, where you get a secret Discord. Ooh. Ooh. See you soon, or hear, you, hear us soon. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Yeah.